Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our morning devotionals. I uh, changed it because I think devotion was the wrong word in the first place. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. I just want to get you online. Sorry for being late. Uh, we did, uh, well, I did encounter some glitches this morning with a new intro and with everything. But, um, and I'm alone in the building, so uh, things took a little bit longer than planned. So, it seems like everything is streaming on YouTube and on Facebook. So that's wonderful. So good morning. Just uh, just say hi if you're watching and just tell us where you're watching us from. Uh, we would just love some feedback. Okay, so great. So thank you, everybody, uh, for praying for us. Thank you for supporting and praying for us during the month of June. Um, I was a little bit sick with uh, with COVID, and uh, just as I got better, Lene got sick, but she luckily wasn't as sick. Uh, but all the prayers streaming in from everywhere, uh, thank you. We really, really appreciate it. We really appreciate you all. Okay, so I want to continue. Uh, yesterday, I spoke about, in the Sunday service, I spoke about a peculiar people, and we are called to be a peculiar people, a, a people sanctified for good works, sanct sanctified to say what God says and to do the works that God has predestined for us to do. So a peculiar people, which means that we are out of the ordinary. We, we are not just normal or to be expected. Uh, so, but... Uh, the peculiar people had a certain confession in Psalms 118. And I want to continue on that. So in Psalms 118. Hi Janine, it's good to see you there. Bless you. It's good to see you there. Okay, so Psalm, Psalms, the book of Psalms 118, it says, I shall not die but live and shall declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord. I shall not die, but I shall live. I shall not die, <laughs> but I shall live. All right, so I want to continue in Psalm 103. Afrikaans people say Psalm, singular, and English people say Psalms. I don't understand why, but anyway, it's fine. So, hello, uh, Rev, DSC, Fini, Deverakonda. You're needed in India. Bless you, my brother. So we are coming to India right now in, on YouTube and on Facebook. So uh, unfortunately, we can't travel anywhere right now. <laughs> but, um, but bless you, my brother. We are preaching the gospel to you. So it's good to see you there. Okay, so Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. So the peculiar people have some benefits, all right? So he forgives everyone of all your iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases. So this is something that, uh, that we need to get. So I've, I come from a Calvinistic background, and the Calvinistic view is more or less that whatever happens is God's will. So everything is predestined, and whatever is playing out is God's will, and you've got to just trust Him. No, that's not what it says. It says you have some benefits, and you, don't, and you should not forget them. And the benefits are 
who forgives every one of all your iniquities. So God has made his will, even in the old covenant, known. That's who he is. He's the forgiver of all your iniquities. If we engage with him concerning forgiveness, we will receive the forgiveness. He's the healer of all our diseases. So that means God wants us healed. His will is revealed. He's healed. So that means if we are sick, it's out of God's will. Uh, The soul experiences evil through sin. And the body experiences evil through sickness. So uh, both of them are paid at the cross. Both of them is part of the redemptive plan of God. God wanted to destroy sin and sickness. And he sent his son to the cross so that we could all remember the benefits. So that we could receive forgiveness and so that we could receive healing. He says, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption. Now the pit is a grave and the corruption is the dissolution of the body or the uh, putrefaction it says uh, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption who beautifies dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy someone one eight, I give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever okay so we need to get it God wants to save your life from the pit he wants to He wants you to live and not die. He wants you to not go down in the pit and see corruption. Okay, so uh, he said, uh, and Paul preached it. I just want to put my bookmark thing here. Paul preached it in Acts chapter 13. And he he quoted also out of the book of Psalms. And he says here, uh, where are we? When they had finished and fulfilled everything that was written about him, that's verse 29, Acts chapter 13, and fulfilled everything that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. So there's the pit, okay? But God raised him from the dead. Okay, so he did not see corruption. And for many days he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, and they are his witnesses to the people. So now we are bringing you the good news, the gospel that God promised to our forefathers. This, so just, just pay attention to this. He, he saved him from the grave. He, ra- he raised him from the dead. So now we are bringing you the good news, the gospel. Okay? Just keep that in mind. We're going to go to 2 Timothy in a bit. Okay. So that what God promised to our forefathers. This he has completely fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, you are my son today, I have begotten you, caused you to arise, to be born, formerly shown to be the Messiah by the resurrection. And as to his having raised him from the dead, now no more to return and undergo putrefaction and dissolution of the grave. He spoke in this way, I will fulfill and give to you the holy and sure mercy and blessings that were promised to David. For this reason, he says in another psalm, you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. Putrefaction, whatever in the brackets. Verse 36, for David, after he had served God's will and purpose and counsel in his own generation, fell asleep in death and was buried among his forefathers, and he did see corruption. So that means it wasn't speaking about David. But he whom God raised up to life saw no corruption. So let it be clearly known and understood by you, brethren, 
that through this man, forgiveness, that's one of the benefits, forgiveness and removal of sins is now proclaimed to you. So the blood of Jesus, through the proclamation of the gospel, when believed, removes all sin from you. And that through him, everyone who believes, who acknowledges Jesus as his Savior, there's the belief again, devotes himself to him, is absolved, cleared, freed from every charge from which he could not be justified and freed by the law of Moses and given right standing with God. So the law of Moses counted people guilty all the time. And because of that, they could not be cleansed. We know that Hebrews chapter 7 says the law never perfected anyone. That means the conscience could not be cleansed. Hebrews chapter 10 is so clear on this. He says, uh, and he, 9 and 10, he says, If the blood of goats and bulls could cleanse the body, how much more will the blood of Jesus purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances? Now, if because the blood of goats and bulls and the law never perfected anyone, they never got to... To, to be, the consciences were never cleared. So they got a fresh remembrance of sins to be atoned for, Hebrews chapter 10, if you read verse 1 to 3. So they, they, every time they, they go, went through the rituals and fresh remembrance, fresh remembrance. So God wants to remove the remembrance of the sin. He wants to wash it away. He wants your conscience completely clean and cleared. Okay? So if your conscience is completely clean and clear... That means you have received forgiveness, okay? The blood of Jesus has washed you. Now, if the sin caused death, and if the law judging sin uh, had the judgment of death, don't you think that the removal of sin might just bring life to the scene? Okay? So Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Sin entered into the world and death through sin. Because everyone sinned. No one had the power to stop it. Okay. So sin entered into the world and death through sin. Now sin is completely forgiven. Okay. So Hebrews chapter 10 verse 18 says, If there is absolute forgiveness uh, of the penalty, there is no longer any atonement made. No longer any sacrifice to bring. So he was the perfect sacrifice. His body broken and his blood poured out. Which means the sin is removed from you which means life is being ministered to you the gospel removes the sin it forgives the sin removes the sin and saves you from the pit and corruption it's a word of life it's life that has its root in the spirit and from the spirit the word speaks and the hearer is ministered with life and when it is received, the life can change and touch your body and quicken you and restore you to life. Okay, let's keep on going. He says, through him, everyone who believes uh, is absolved, clear, and freed from every charge from which you could not be justified and freed by the law of Moses and given right standing with God. So it's a free gift. You just need to receive the right standing, the righteousness. Uh, now, it says, take care. So it comes with a warning. To all the inclusionists and all the everything is finished. I believe in the finished work of the cross. But listen. Take care, therefore. Lest there come upon you what is spoken in the prophets. Quoting out of Habakkuk 1. Look you scoffers and scorners and marvel and perish and vanish away. For I am doing a deed in your days. A deed which you will never have confidence in or believe, even if someone clearly describing it in detail declares it 
to you. He says, beware that it's not spoken of you. With other words, he says, listen, you've got to believe. Otherwise, you will perish with the scoffers. Okay, so John chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes the gospel, believes on him, believes in his blood, believes on his name, might not perish. That means to die and go to the pits and see corruption, but have eternal, everlasting life that flows out of the spirit. God wants you well. God wants you healed. God wants you alive. God doesn't want you to just die and go to heaven. Our life purpose is not to just sit and wait for the heaven bus and just to go and fly away, oh glory. Our life's purpose is not to, to live under the law and try to get ourselves ready for the rapture so that God can snatch us away from an evil world. God sent us into the evil world to change it. And he's given us authority over all of darkness and of all of sickness, over all of wickedness. He has given us the authority. So if we're going to see change on this earth, if we're going to see the new creation manifest on this earth, it's going to come through believers. It's not going to come through people waiting to be snatched away to heaven. And it's not going to come through people who are just waiting to die and go to heaven. What are you going to do in heaven? God is reigning in heaven. Everything is perfect in heaven and you have no body in heaven. Your body is in the grave. So you have no authority, you just wait. Because First Thessalonians 4 says when he comes again, he brings all those who died in Christ with him back here. So there's going to be a resurrection in the last day. So the, the whole one day in heaven, everything eternally in heaven theory doesn't work. Because what about the resurrection? Jesus was raised from the dead on earth here. So the resurrection from the dead is here on earth. So the body that we have in the resurrection that we will be quickened to by the Spirit, those who are alive and remain, will be changed. This says, uh, if you combine First Thessalonians 4 and First Corinthians 15, those who are alive and remain will be changed, but those who died will be raised from the dead. So not, it says we will not all die, but we will all be changed. So we will be raised to a glorified body. And Philippians says, just listen to this. Philippians chapter 3. Oh, it's this side of Acts. Philippians chapter 3 says the following. Uh, but we are citizens of the state of heaven. So you're already a citizen of heaven. It says in the King James, uh, for our conversation is in heaven. So we are in heaven and on earth simultaneously, but that's another sermon. Okay, so, uh, but it says, we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth of heaven, uh, and from it also we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus. So our fellowship in heaven is important in this. It brings a manifestation of something. Okay, uh, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So the waiting is us standing on earth in our natural bodies, but spending time in the secret place waiting on God. Okay? So that's the waiting for the Savior. It's not waiting and doing nothing until He comes. It's spending time in His presence until He comes. Okay, verse 21. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation. That's the one. Like 1 Corinthians 15 says, our bodies are sown in humiliation, but raised in 
honor. So it says, who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting that power which enables him to even subject everything to himself. So there is a group of people who will just get the change in their body. There is a group of people who will believe the gospel and the life of Christ from the spirit will flow into them and will start manifesting and touch their mortal bodies, and their mortal bodies will be quickened and strengthened and changed from the body of humiliation into the body of his glory, even while in the body, because that's exactly what he was talking about earlier in uh, Philippians 3. He says, my determined purpose is that I may know him. There's the fellowship again, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing of his resurrection, Acts chapter 13, over believers, and that I may so share by that fellowship with him, so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. If, that, if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from the dead, from among the dead, even while in the body. There's a transformation that needs to take place. That transformation is the life flowing out of the spirit needs to touch us and transform us, spirit, soul, body. Spirit is transformed when you get saved. Soul needs to be transformed, but we are transformed by the entire renewal of our mind. Okay. The gospel needs to infiltrate everything. Okay. So there's life flowing out of the gospel. There's life flowing out of the spirit. And we need to appropriate that life. We need to receive that life. It's a free gift. It is grace. And that grace is to be received and not to be reasoned about. It's not about whose doctrine is the graciest. It's about who can receive something from God and show something in this world. Okay. Right. So I want to jump to... Uh, Romans chapter 8. So, if it seems like I'm a little bit all over the place, it's just because I'm just so hungry to preach, I just want to go everywhere at once. So. <laughs> okay, so Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says the following. If Christ lives in you, you're a believer, right? You believe the gospel, you have been saved, you've been born again, Christ lives in you. If Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt... The spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. So the moment you get saved, the spirit inside you is made alive because your spirit and God's spirit is now made one. It says a bit later here also, your spirit, uh, where does it say that? Verse 16, it's your spirit, the spirit himself testifies together with your own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. So you're born again. You've got the spirit of God inside you. You have now life. Righteousness has been imputed to you. Because you have been, you've received that righteousness, your spirit is now made alive. King James says your spirit is life. So there's life already deposited on the inside of you by receiving the Holy Ghost just because you believe the gospel. Now, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So that means he is now not only 
testifying together with your spirit now he's starting to dwell in your soul dimension if he dwells in you then he who raised up christ jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal short-lived perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you that means the spirit life can touch your mortal body so bless the lord O my soul bless his holy name bless the lord O my soul and forget not one of his benefits who forgives each and every one of all your diseases who heals each and every one of all your in uh forgives the iniquities heals each and every one of all your diseases he saves your life from the pit and corruption god wants to bring life to you so even if that's the only thing you hear today god wants to bring life to you he wants you to experience life you want the life of christ to flow through you the same life with which he quickened jesus from the dead is now in you we share in the resurrection life romans 5 says it so clearly he says uh verse 10 for if we were enemies uh if while we were enemies we were reconciled to god through the death of his son it is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved and daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life so daily we have fellowship with his resurrection life the same life with which he quickened him so that same life is known as if you if you read romans chapter 6 that's the whole point of the baptism that same life with which he quickened him listen remember the picture of baptism he says we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death so that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life the same life resurrection life is now inside of you and with, in fellowship with that resurrection life that comes to you through the gospel, that life will start to manifest. Touch your soul, start to manifest more, touch your mortal body, quicken you. How else could we lay our hands on the sick and they recover? Their bodies are touched by life flowing out of us. Streams and rivers of living waters. There's rivers of living waters of life flowing out of you. So if we really take this word, we will start getting our hands on the sick. If we really take this word, man, we will start drinking from the well of the living waters of God that's flowing out of us. Okay? He's already deposited everything you need. All you need is already inside of you because you have the Holy Spirit of Christ. You have the resurrection life. You have the eternal life. You have the Son, says First John 5. So that means you have the life. John 5 also. So because you have the Son, you have the life. You have the source of life. You have the spring of life. You have the river of life inside of you. Drink. Have fellowship. Receive it. Receive the grace that is given. Okay. So if we believe, we receive. So let it not be spoken of you you scoffers and scorners perish because i will do a deed in your day which you'll not believe even if it be clear if if someone clearly describes it in detail to you declares it to you so if a word comes to you believe it and start drinking start drinking start drinking that word start receiving from the life of that word okay says 
the glorious power of a father, we might habitually live and behave in the newness of life. If we have become one with him by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by new life lived for God. Not one day, the last day in the resurrection, sharing the resurrection life right now by a new life lived for God, says the Amplified. Okay, so we need to get this. Life is available now. Not after death. It's not, he didn't give us eternal afterlife. He gave us eternal life. There's no scripture for it. Because we are so bent on going to heaven, afterlife. No. Those who are in heaven will come back here. And he will restore them and he will raise their bodies. They will be walking on this earth again and the earth will be recreated. Creation is groaning for the sons to be manifested. So resurrection means this. Whoever is in heaven is coming back. Whoever died is going to be raised. Some raised to eternal damnation. Some raised to eternal life. The Bible is clear on that. So there is a hell. But us who believe, man, why don't we just start receiving the life right now? So that the same power with which, which he uses to subject everything to himself can now start changing the body of our humiliation into the body of his glory. Why don't we just receive now so that we can now receive forgiveness of each and every one of our sicknesses. So we can now receive healing for each and every one of our diseases. So that we can now be saved from the pit and corruption before we perish. There's a life being revealed in the scriptures. If we can just see it, if we can just appropriate it and, you know, take hold of it and, you know, like, uh, Paul wrote, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Man, I want to go to all the scriptures today. All right. So there's a life in the spirit. It's available now. And we just need to take it by faith. All right. One more scripture. Then we're done. Second Timothy. So uh, during the week, I might touch on all of these scriptures again. Um, more in focusing on things but right now i'm just running all over the place because i love it <laughs> okay so second uh, timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says for it is he who delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy and leading to holiness to a life of consecration a vocation of holiness he did it not because of anything of merit that we have done but because and to further his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Okay. There's a vocation of holiness. And that's the peculiar people. And the peculiar people is the us that he's talking about. It's not everybody. It's everyone who believes, who becomes part of the peculiar people. He says, his purpose and grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. It you predestined all of this to those who would believe it. So do you believe it? Now, what do we need to believe? Verse 10. It is that purpose and grace which he has now made known and has fully disclosed and made real to us through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who annulled death. Yeah, strong words. Who annulled death and made it of no effect and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I'm going to read the King James. 
but it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. From the beginning, the gospel was a gospel of life and a gospel of eternal, everlasting, immortal life. The gospel has never meant that we should first die and go to heaven. The gospel meant that we should die with Christ in baptism and stand up and live. If we die, says John 17, we will live again. Not John 17, John 11. If we would die, if someone should die, yet he shall live. But then Jesus says the following to Martha and Mary. He says, but if anyone never if anyone believes in me, he shall never die at all. Do you believe this? John eleven twenty six. If anyone believes in me, he shall never die at all. Do you believe this? Martha said, I believe that you are the Christ. <laughs> so it's a, I know, John 6, Jesus started preaching about life and they all said, this is a strange saying. It's a hard thing to hear. Who can hear this? And they all left. He turned to the 12. He says, do you want to go also? I know it's a hard thing to hear, especially if you hear it the first time. But it's such good news. Through fellowship with the spirit that comes to you by hearing and believing the gospel, you can receive the life that is in the spirit himself, the resurrection life that he used to raise Christ from the dead. And that life in the heart of a believer can manifest so much that it can touch your body and restore to life or quicken your mortal body. It's so simple. It's so strong. It's so powerful. And I really believe this is the essence of the gospel. It's a message of life. It's a word of life. Uh, do people go to heaven when they die? Yes. Is that the last stop? No. They will be resurrected again. First Thessalonians 4 says it. Uh, we, don't, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. We have a hope. What's the hope? Resurrection. Okay. So they will be raised again. But there's a group of people that will not die. So Psalm 118. I shall not die and I shall live. And I shall declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. All right, so I hope this message hasn't shocked you too much or uh, offended you in any way. And I hope you really just take it and believe it. There's a lot of people that really don't like it. Uh, it, it I don't know, it shocks their religion or something. I don't know. But uh, it's good news, and I think it, it's really awesome, and we really need to preach this. Okay, so I was tempted to go on with something else now, but that's going to take time. So you have to come tomorrow to hear that. Okay, so let me just greet Everyone who is there, um, ah, Dini from, from Donna Bay, bless you, Dini. It's so good to see you. Rob from the West Rand, bless you, man. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be back, man. I feel so good. I feel so alive. And uh, strangely enough, I feel refreshed and, and rested. It's so I feel really good. Thanks, man. Janine, it's always good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, uh, I believe also the word is brilliant. It's not, it's not. <laughs> 
copyrighted. It's just a word. It's in there. <laughs> okay, so bless you, everybody. Thank you for watching. Hey, uh, I see there's Trish from Northern Ireland. I'm, I'm watching the, the YouTube feed here as well. Bless you, Trish. It's good to see you there. So bless you, everybody. Thank you for watching. And uh, come again tomorrow morning at 9. I'll be on time. <laughs> so be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow. Amen.